Good morning, everyone. Happy Monday morning to you. My name is Sean Tierney, and this is the Automation Morning Show, where we talk about what's new and happening in industrial automation. And uh, happy Monday morning. I know this is the last week of August. Can you believe August is almost over? In any case, um, I'm glad to be here, here with you this morning to take a look at the news. And with that said, let's go ahead before we get started, just give a quick shout out to our sponsor, theautomationschool.com. If you know anybody who needs PLC, HMI, or SCADA training, please send them over to theautomationschool.com. Uh, from there, we go over to a press release from Exida, or Exida, um, and it's about a Fieldcom group receiving 61508 certification for their communications protocol. And we're talking here about safe, safe. Safe Heart. So Fieldcom Group Safe Heart Protocol gets IEC 61508 SIL 3 certification. So congratulations to them on that. From there, we go over to a uh, new product announcement from SICK. And, I, you know, looking at this picture and reading the description, I didn't really understand this, what this product does. So this is called a sensor integration machine. High performance, capable 2D, mach 2D machine vision and tight spaces. And so you can see some of the specs there. I got a bigger picture here. So this particular device, you have ION, you have power in, you have um, a serial and CAN connections, you have uh, sensors one through, it looks like one through six, and then you have some ethernet field buses and some other field bus connections. And it uh, looks like a very interesting product, but nowhere in the description is it saying exactly what it does. So. A very curious uh, new product. I, I need to reach out to SICK and see if anybody can explain this to me. But in any case, let's go to our next news story here. And that is uh, from Obviously MDT. Now this is entitled, IT and OT Convergence, the Opportunities and Risks of Networked Production. And I thought it was a really good, you know, we've talked about IT and OT security quite a bit on the show, right? And it's a very important topic, right? And uh, I thought this was a feeling in-depth article. And they did a really good job kind of covering some of the things you need to think about. They talk about network infrastructure. They talk about industrial security. They talk about data management and both from an IT and an OT perspective. And so they have some different charts and graphics here. They talk about NIS-2 or NIST-2, uh, ISO 2700, oh, yeah, 27001, and uh, IC62443. We've actually had uh, the ISA on to talk about 62443. So very interesting. The one thing though, I do have to contact them later today because you can see they get yours truly's picture here and they attribute a quote to me, Sean Tierney from Insights and Automation. I do not remember saying this. So I'm gonna reach out to them and I know I'm getting old, but did I really say this or are they confusing me with another Sean? So in any case, but still that aside, a uh, very interesting article. From there, we go over to G DigiKey. They had a couple of interesting articles. First of all, connectivity, the backbone of sustainable automation. And this is talking a lot about single peer ethernet and ethernet APL. Now in the middle of the article, they do talk about Hartig's, um, or Hartig's um, industrial interface, a replacement for, you know, the RJ45. So you can see, kind of see that's a sponsored placement there. But overall, if you have somebody who's new to industrial ethernet or if you're new to industrial ethernet, um, I thought it was a very interesting article and I'd love to get your thoughts on it. You can always send those in using the news tip link. But in any case, um, yeah, I wouldn't be, wouldn't be sad to see the RJ45 die because 
all my tabs seem to break and uh you know i got my own set of crimpers to fix them when they do break so not that that's an industrial connection but in any case um you see some more charts here and uh whatnot so that is the first article from digikey they had another one and i thought this was interesting because it says eliminate conveyor jams and force alarms to boost factory automation productivity now Conveyor jams, that's like one of the simplest things you can do in automation is sense that with a photo eye. And we actually cover that in my courses. All my PLC courses will have a, we use a photo eye to sense a, a conveyor jam or lack of products coming down the conveyor. That's another issue we look for in my uh, courses. But in any case, um, this in essence is talking about that, but it's also talking about a, a sensor from Banner that actually has some built-in jam detection. And so I'm just going to scroll down in this article and um, get to that banner product because what I thought was interesting about this product is that it has a built-in jam detection, doesn't re rely just on gaps between products, and it also has the ability to tell you if it's sensing a box, a bottle, or a poly bag. So interesting product. I got to reach out to Banner to see uh, if we can get them on the show to talk about that, but really interesting smart laser sensor that's uh, kind of in the center of this article. From there, we go over to our featured product of today. This is the uh, S7 PLC Level 1 course from theautomationschool.com. Um, over the weekend, I updated 16 different lessons. Some of them for, were for audio polishing, and some of them were to add more graphics and uh, make things a little bit clearer. Some of them I had to clean up some of the dubs um, and, and so on. So uh, that is done now. So I've updated all the lessons I'm going to update for Phase 1. Now I'm going to go back and I'm going to add the automatic closed captioning to all of those lessons. So I know a lot of people, especially when English is not their first language and they're not used to all the American, um, uh, you know, the Boston, <laughs> Rhode Island accents. Um, sometimes, uh, you know, the automatic closed captioning can be really helpful. I'm actually talking to our video host about letting us re-upload all of our videos for all of our older courses because automatic closed captioning when we started nine, ten years ago was not a thing. Right. So um, we're looking at doing that because uh, we still get a lot of people in our courses that, you know, we came out like PLC Basics, even second edition came out, I believe, uh, eight years ago. So um, I'd love to add closed captioning and eventually someday add uh, Spanish and Portuguese translations because that's a one something that uh, people have been asking for. But for the near future, we're just focusing on those automatic closed captions because they've gotten really good. But in any case, that's our feature product today. And we go from there over to an article from ISA.com. It's called Digital Twins, the Key to Factory Optimization. Now, this is a great introductor introduction. This is a great introduction. <laughs> you can tell it's Monday. This is a great introduction to Digital Twins for any of your junior people or if you've never read anything about Digital Twins, don't know anything about it. I know a lot of us have been using simulation over the years. So Digital Twins is kind of like the new version of simulation, kind of the next gen, right? So uh, in any case, um, when, uh, you know, one of the things they do in this article is talk about the different types of digital twins, which is very helpful because just saying digital twin doesn't really say much, right? So there are product digital twins. So these are, you know, like a 3D version of an actual product that actually performs like the product would perform and it can be used in a simulation package. Then there's process digital twins. I think that's more of what we use, right? Where we actually have a machine or a process that we're simulating just to see how program changes would affect it, right? And uh, we've had people like uh, simu uh, Cinematic? Cin 
Simumatic? Simumatic on the show. And I'll, I'll put that link at automate.news after the show, but where they can actually take in all your 3D CAD drawings and simulate your process and even let you wear VR goggles and get in there and, and actually walk through uh, different steps of the process. Very interesting stuff. Um, then they have system digital twins and asset digital twins as well. So again, if you know anybody who wants to get up to speed on digital twins, um, check this article out. From there, we go over to Electromate. They have a white paper on the comparison of capacitive and inductive encoders, and they cover a lot of the basics of encoders as well in this article. So I thought it was interesting, especially if you're into electronics like I am, that's what my degree's in. And, um, you know, I've always been a big fan of, uh, or very interested in electronics and computing. And so they get really get into this. They talk about pros and cons, um, you know, and the, you know, physically how they're different and electronically how they're different. And uh, so I thought it was an interesting article and I wanted to share that with you this morning. From there, we go over to SME, the Society for Manufacturing Engineers, and a few good articles here. First one, robotics paving the way for the next-gen careers, right? So if you have any uh, kids or grandkids or nieces or nephews or just youngster that you're taking under your arm, or maybe you're one of those people, maybe you're in college or high school, and you're thinking about, what do I want to do with my future? I thought this was very interesting because of a couple of stats, and they talk about a lot of things in this article. But a couple of things uh, I thought was interesting is, you know, I think we can all agree that college is not for everyone, right? And um, in some cases, it's much better to go to a trade school, right? And so here they're talking about the, the average income for somebody who has a uh, robotics technician uh, certificate versus a robotics engineer degree, right? And so the cost for those two programs, they're probably 10 to 1 or 5 to 1, right? And if you're not a, uh, somebody who enjoys learning about history or English or all these other things you have to take when you go to college that are outside of, um, you know, the technology you're going to be learning, then beginning a technician certificate can be worth it, right? And uh, the, the, they're saying the average uh, income for somebody who gets a techni robotics technician certified is about 70000 a year. And that's great, right? That's really good. As far as a robotics engineer, that's about 100000 right? So if you're somebody who definitely wants to get that engineering label and engineering degree, yeah, you'll get you'll make extra money for that. I would just say, shop around because uh, you can get the same training for much less at different different colleges. Not every, not every college and not every university is the same, especially when it comes to the price they charge. Some of them I would consider gouging, but in any case, that's that's my uh, my opinion. Um, so very interesting article there. So I wanted to share that, and then they have another one. Now, if any of you who have multiple plants and you're trying to make a case for uh, to connect the two of them with a secure tunnel or VPN. Um, you may be interested in this article. It talks about SD-WANs, all right? So what is a WAN, a wide area network, right? Um, an SD-WAN is a software, let's see if they have it here. This is a software defined wide area network, okay? And so um, these are typically used to connect multiple plants together. Now, just because you do that doesn't mean that you know, everything's going to be hunky-dory or everything's going to be 100% protected, right? Any connection is an opening to a potential uh, intrusion from outside, right? Um, that said, though, you typically the, uh, the people who offer these secure tunnels are very reliable. Um, that doesn't eliminate the need for you to have firewalls on each side, right? But in any case, um, the other thing is that, I, you know, I was at a golf ball manufacturer years ago and he, he, they had an SD-WAN, right, between plants on different continents and he thought he was going to be able to program through that connection and it was just too slow he kept getting timeouts kept having errors 
And so, um, you know, just because you have connected the two plants doesn't mean you have the throughput to do diff different things, right? So you got to be cognizant of the throughput you need. For, like if you're going to do data collection through, you know, from multiple plants around the world to a single location, you're going to be cognizant of the amount of bandwidth you're going to need, right? But in any case, I thought it was an interesting article for any of you maybe who are trying to uh, make a case to connect a couple different networks securely, a couple different plants securely so you can manage them all. I thought they did a good job on it. Uh, from there, we go over to an article, another article from SME about time-sensitive networking. And I thought it was a good article, good introduction to the, to the, to the uh, terminology. Um, I think this is going to be a growth. I think everybody's going to be jumping on this bandwagon. Of course, you know, Mitsubishi was on it really early with CC Link, TSN. Um, and, you know, uh, the guys over at Siemens, they have a ProfiNet, TSN, and R&D Lab. I don't know when it's coming out or if it's coming out but I've been told that they have it working and it works great. So, um, you know, time-sensitive networking, this is based on a standard and it's, it's for reliable and high-speed communications between devices. In this article, they're talking about automation, uh, control systems, sensors, and robotic cells, but it could be anything that needs to be, has high-speed communications. Now, TSN is not the only way to do that, right? We know today there's ways to have, I mean, there are IO, IO adapters and scanners out there that, that do gigabit ethernet, right? And there are deterministic networks out there that have been around, you know, for decades, right? So TSN is not the only way to skin this, this, uh, this, uh, I don't want to say skin the cat, but um, it's not the only way to solve those type of applications. But it's interesting because it's, it's standard based and uh, I think everybody's going to be jumping on this. We'll see. Time will tell. From there we go over to, um, if again, if you have servers, you may be very interested in this. This is an OnLogic blog called Intel vPro versus IP, or I shouldn't say versus, Intel vPro and IPMI remote management head-to-head. -head. And this talks about like if you have a server machine, right? Maybe you have your SCADA system on it. It could be uh, WinCC V8. It could be FactorTalk View or Ignition or whoever. Um, you know, you may want to manage that hardware remotely, right? Like I use VNC. VNC is so, so useful. But if you're talking about managing on a hardware level, that's where you might be using Intel vPro or, you know, the IPMI. And this, this article really goes through and talks about that and explains that. I think they do a really good job on it as well, where you're going to need it, what, uh, what features are available, and so on. So if that's something you're interested in, I can definitely recommend you check out this OnLogic blog. From there, we go to events. Now, I typically won't include any paid events. This one appears to be free, and it's, it's for end users and integrators, and it's called Introduction to SIP Security uh, by the ODVA. It's on September 11th from 8 a.m. Eastern to 1 p.m. Eastern. Now that's actually broken up. It's 8.30 to 9.30. I'm sorry, it's 8 to 9.30 a.m. and then 11.30 to 1 p.m. So they, there's a break in the middle there of two hours. But in any case, so it's two, a mo two morning sessions in a sense. And um, it, uh, you know, if you're looking at SIP security, if you're an Ethernet IP user and you're interested in SIP security, this may be a great opportunity. It does look like it's completely free. They're going to be covering introduction to security networks, SIP security, the functions implementation, and conformance testing. So, and then there'll be a question section at the end. So, if you're interested in that, you'll find a link later today over at automate.news. From there, we go over to downloads, and it seems like CyProtect 5 has been getting a lot of updates. So here you can see the download for the complete CyProtect 5 device drivers, online help, and manuals. And then as far as uh, literature, let me go to the next one here. 
we had a ton of new manuals up at the Siemens website for uh, CyberTech 5 as well. Here I'm featuring the process bus, but there was a ton of other ones up there. Now let me back up a little bit. Over on the Schneider website, we had a new document on Pack, the 470i and 474i RTUs. And uh, looks like a really interesting product here. Look at all those ports on it. So, um, yeah, I don't know anything about this product, but it looked really cool. I should ask the uh, Schneider guys to come on the show and talk about it. But in any case, these are remote, smart RTU and controllers with integrated edge. So very interesting stuff there. And from there, we go over to the video of the day. This video is of, this is from the IEEE website. And this video is of a, you can buy your own uh, robot, your own mech, right? For $2.7 million. Let's see if I can go full screen here. No, it won't let me. So in any case, I'll play it. I, I'm halfway through the video here. And... Um, the only thing I can see is, you know, first of all, if I had $2.7 million, I wouldn't be buying this, right? But if you were a billionaire, eh, right? But for those who are listening, it doesn't have like feet. It has like wheels, wheels, like four wheels. It looks like four legs, right? And the upper torso can do the arms and twist, but everything moves so slowly, probably for safety reasons. But for me, that's going to have to be about 10 times faster before I would even consider spending um, all right, let's just face it. I'm, I would never buy anything like that. I would love to make one though, but in any case, and it doesn't look like it transforms into a car or anything like that, which would be cool as well. But anyways, I thought it was fun. A good Monday morning video. So I wanted to share it with you guys. And with that, if you think I missed anything, please use the news tip link to send in your thoughts, your suggestions, and your news tips. And of course, I want to thank our sponsor for this morning's show, theautomationschool.com. If you know anybody who needs HMI, PLC, or skater training, please send them over to theautomationschool.com. Also, just a reminder, you can follow us or join our community for just $2 a month. And I got a new uh, question here or comment here from uh, one of the members I'll be getting to. So you can see everything I do, I post up here. Plus we do Q&A. You can ask me privately with a message or you can post it. And uh, we've had some very interesting conversations up there. Do you want to start getting back to doing live streams, you know, member-only live streams as well? That's still on the, on the uh, radar. From there, just a reminder, you can get collections of our articles and videos over at the Automation School, the Automation School, over at the automationblog.com forward slash T-A-B. And then uh, you can get our coffee cups, uh, t-shirts, and other merchandise over at the automationblog.com forward slash shop. And with that, just a reminder, everything, every single article, video, event I've covered in the last 90-something episodes um, you'll find over at automate.news. Now, a couple things here. I hope you're still watching. I did put a link here to remind you guys. Our 100th episode is Tuesday next week, I believe. And uh, I'm looking for people to send in comments. So send me in your comments. I want to read them on the air. Just um, something special to do for our 100th episode. And um, so please, you can use the news tip link to send in your comments. If you just want to say hi, send it in. So I'm hoping at least a handful of you will send in something. Otherwise, I'll just pretend it never happened. Um, and with that, I also put up here a buy Sean a coffee link. And um, I was buying a coffee for a web developer. A lot of times you'll see the vendors, they'll have all caps for the titles of their web page, of their articles. And so I found this great little website that will convert that to just uh, the first letter of each word being a capital, right? And so um, I used it like, I don't know, I probably use it 20 or 30 times now. So I bought him a coffee and I said, that's, that's actually a pretty cool cool little process I went through to buy the coffee. So I signed up and got an account there as well. So you probably will notice, you know, from the sign up there and just, I talk about coffee so much that I really like coffee, 
But in any case, if you want to find any of the links to anything we've ever talked about, you'll find them at automate.news. And with that, I want to thank you all for taking time out of your busy day to spend it with me, whether you're watching live or you're watching after the fact, to um, look at what's new and happening in industrial automation. And I want to wish you all a very happy, safe, and healthy week. Healthy day, anyways. And until next time, my friends, peace.